right, you ready? Mm-mm. You're not? I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Hi. This Hi. Is, this is Basic Snitches. You a basic snitch. How are you today? I'm okay. Thanks for asking. Uh, yes. I was talking to them. They didn't really ask me, though. Are you done having a conversation with yourself? I was talking to our listeners. Yeah, how are you, listeners? Oh, you're not going to answer? Okay. Thanks. Rude. (laughs) So today... (laughs) Yet. I just made Tara a drink. It is cherry (laughs) seltzer. Strong. And uh, I have a heavy pour because there's a lot so i first i poured the vodka in it's lemon vodka and i poured it in i was like "Ooh, there's not a lot of room for this <laughs> this might be a little bit drunk Camilla might be a little bit drunk it as in like sarah's what's your name <laughs> it doesn't like tara might be might be drunk adam is clearly more drunk than i am i just had a sip i made myself an old-fashioned with luxardo cherries it's very pretty it thank you Tara posted this to our Instagram account, so go back to when this day is, which is July 13th, and look and be like, oh, hey, this is what's happening. It's almost going to be like you're here with us. Yeah, we're really fun, too, so you'll also be jealous that you weren't here with us. Hell yeah. I'm, Get yourself a time turner. Come back to July 13th. Yeah, or like stop what you're doing, together. go to your bar at home, make yourself a drink that is way too strong. You might need it because it's us. <laughs> and listen away and enjoy. Get in your like leisure suit, you know, light some candles or some incense. Because guess what? Get your fan out and start, you know, fanning yourself. It's time for Christmas. It's time for Christmas! Yay, Christmas! Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas! Oh, shit! All right. We're doing chapter 12, The Mirror of Arisette. That's right. That's right. I didn't even write it down. I was about to say chapter 12, Christmas. I, that, I said that last episode, too. But Did you? I think so. Maybe. Check it out. We'll Cut see. things out if you need to. <laughs> we'll find out when I edit that episode. Before we begin with chapter 12, I'm just going to do a little throwback Oh. <laughs> to the last episode where we talked about chapter 11, there was a lot of sportsing happening in that chapter, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you who lost that chapter. Ah, this is the first time where this is a surprise. Oh, yes. The loser of that chapter were all the Hogwarts teachers at the first bit of <laughs> They lose. I was really prepared for you to say Marcus Flint, but uh, your answer is much funnier. <laughs> because someone put an end to that terrifying shit. The end. And of course, the winner... I have to do this. The winner of the chapter is Harry. Oh, I think you were going to There was a broom <laughs> was trying to kill him, and he managed to not die, so he he gets the win. That's what happened in chapter 11. Quidditch happened. Teachers lost. Harry won. Good times. There was sleuthing. Nicholas Flamel. Ta-da. Let's go with chapter 12. Hooray! Hooray! I wrote the chapter summary this year. This year. This year. I wrote the chapter summary this year. Congratulations. Thank you. This episode. And now it's time for Tara to read it. It's a long one because a lot happens in this chapter. This is a long chapter, guys. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I told you it was long. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, chapter 12. The Mirror of Erised. It's Christmas! That's how I wrote it. <laughs> 
What's better than normal Christmas? Christmas at Hogwarts! I mean, the Wizarding World is basically Christmas anyway, so it's basically double Christmas. We open with Draco being a bitter baby about a lost match literally weeks ago at this point, and okay. he's also incapable of jokes, so he pokes fun at Harry not being able to go home for Christmas. He's already at home, you fucking copies old. And he gets double Hogwarts Christmas, so keep being jealous and have fun with Lucius and Narcissa, I'm sure they're a riot, and just full of holiday spirit. I hope you get that N64 you wanted. Oh wait, you can't even have that because they don't have major N64s or do magic. Magic, it says major. Oh shit, I meant magic. They don't have magic N64s or do they? I want a magic N64 for double Christmas. Anyways, Malfoy's a bitch. But we've, but we've been. But we've been new. Oh, but we've been new. That was a typo that was on purpose. Uh, I'm not good at things like that. Okay. <laughs> The staff is decorating the Great Hall for Christmas, and now I'm the jealous bitch. The trio drag Hagrid because they tell him to his face that they're now researching Nicholas Flamel after Hagrid spilled the flavored beans at the end of the last chapter. Wow, savage. It's pretty hard to do research on someone, too, when you don't have internet or literally any additional information other than a name, unless does the magical internet exist? I bet that point in time Wi-Fi was magical internet. Thus. Hogwarts had Wi-Fi. You heard it first here, kids. Hogwarts had Wi-Fi confirmed. Unfortunately, a freaking telescope was on the supply list, but Chromebooks weren't. So they have to resort to digging endlessly through the beautiful and magnificent yet endless library. Over the holiday, once the holidays really do begin, Ron and Harry basically get Hogwarts to themselves and we learn about wizard chess. What other enchanted games are there in the wizarding world? I bet Wizard Twister is wild. Christmas comes and Harry gets presents! He gets a flute from Hagrid and a 50 pence from some irrelevant fucks and a bunch of chocolate frogs from Hermione, a sweater and some fudge from BAMF HBIC herself, but no magical N64. Bummer. That's Molly Weasley. Yes, I know that. <laughs> but he does get a mysterious package from a secret admirer. Okay, no, it wasn't Dobby. It was from someone who received this from his father. I wonder who could it have been? Never mind, probably Dobby. An invisibility cloak. Fucking tits. You know what that means. Shenanigans! But not before Christmas dinner, which sounds amazeballs. The British food makes a cameo in this chapter, which is chipolatas. Basically, a lamb sausage. Not as good of a nickname for Tara. Now, if they were called chipolatas, <laughs> that would be a different story altogether. So long live jacket potato. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Other notables are that wizard holiday crackers sound sweet and I need some of them in my life. Dumbledore puts on a flowered bonnet, which is never explained, and Hagrid gets, a f gets fucking turned on wine, which makes him get the hots for Micka. We are all Hagrid. <laughs> Anyways, Christmas is lit, but now we have shenanigans to get to. Harry can't stop thinking about the note with the invisibility cloak saying, use it well. It inspires him to go check out the restricted section in the library for Nicholas Flamel research. Of course, the first book that he picks up screams in his face, and Filch comes a, ho a hobbling, so Harry does an Irish goodbye. Filch alerts his lover Snape, but Harry still gets away, sneaking into an abandoned classroom. However, there's a beautiful mirror in there. Of course, we all know this to be the mirror of Erised. Erised, spelled backwards, is desire. This works for other things too. Adam's spelled backwards is Mad A. 
Tara spelled backwards is a rat. Okay, maybe not. But the inscription totally works. Is how not your face, but your... What? Oh, that's the actual inscription completely backwards. Oh. <laughs> so the inscription backwards is, is how not your face, but your heart's desire. Nice. Pretty cool. Harry looks in the mirror and gets wicked spooked because he sees a bunch of people standing behind him. But turning around, he starts to see similarities between him and the crowd. Noses, glasses, messy hair and eyes, unless you're watching the movie, among other things. Of course, he realizes that these are his parents and, of course, other family members, but Harry desires most is his family. The next day, he tells Ron they must go back because he wants to see his family. Oh, honey, it's not the mirror of... <laughs> Family fell backwards, which is... <laughs> Ron thinks that it might be the mirror of... How fucking dare you? El... Oh, I need to look at it. Hang on. It's, it's dead people backwards. El Poide. Yes, that. El Poide. Mirror of El Poide. But what's most important about the scene is that they mentioned bacon. Where it's the mirror of no cub. I want that. That's the that's bacon spelled that's backwards. Bacon backwards. In case you didn't catch that. So they go find the mirror. Ron looks in and he sees himself as head boy, Quidditch captain, and having the house in Quidditch Cup. So last the mirror of Erised doesn't work on Ron because it's just a normal mirror. <laughs> the mirror of nah, vanity. The next day he goes back a third time and Dumbledore catches him and explains that it is indeed the mirror of desire. And he says that he can see himself in the mirror holding a pair of woolen socks. What are you gonna do with those socks, Dumby? The end. Wow. Well done. That was a long one. That was a long problem. I even cut this down. There were things that I actually cut out. I can't even believe I left all this stuff in about the Wi-Fi and N64, but eh, whatever. I made the cut. So it's Christmas time. Yay, Christmas! I said multiple times already that Harry Potter reminds me of Christmas. So that's why this is double Christmas. Double Christmas. It's so fun. It Every, is. Everything from them decorating the hall to all of the things happening during Christmas dinner to that. To Christmas d- dinner sounds so fun. Oh my gosh. Like the food and everything and, <clears throat> and the crackers and everything that he gets out of the crackers too. Right? Amazing. Like his little gift um haul, which was super cute because it's the first time that he's actually gotten, you know, gifts. Being the chocolate frogs and the things from Molly Weasley, the flute, and of course the invisibility cloak. Oh. And, then, and then the fucking Dursleys. They said something about like we received your note. We received your note. Did they did he send them something? Like He hey, must have sent them. Hey bitches, send me presents, love Harry. He probably sent the Kid, I don't know. I, I looked it up, and the current exchange rate for 50 pence is 63 cents USD. Oh. And then Ron being like, what is this? <laughs> right, it's, it's a coin, Ron, because I don't know what the fuck your money looks like. Yeah, we had that conversation yeah, about, like, what are the exchange rates for, you know, UK money into wizard money. But right. Of course, he has that interest and everything. But just everything that is so ultra Christmassy in this 
it is just terrific. I don't know how else I can expound on that other than it's Christmas and I love Christmas and it's Harry Potter and I love Harry Potter and Christmas and Harry Potter is like the ultimate. I will admit the past few years I wasn't as much of in the Christmas spirit as I've been in the past. So this year my goal was to get more Christmas stuff. Of course, Christmas isn't about stuff, sure. But to put me in the Christmas spirit, you know, what else can I do to, to surround myself with that? So I've been getting a few things, such as I wanted a Christmas village. And of course, my Christmas village is Hogsmeade. Yes. <laughs> so I got one of those. And then uh, I did get like a, oh my God, what do they call them? The calendar. The calendar. Advent that you, calendar. Advent calendar. Yeah. Thank you. I got one of those already. When I was a kid, we had this giant pop-up book advent calendar and it was always so exciting to open up the little thing even though we would reuse it year after year yeah and the other day um the freaking algorithm on facebook or something targeted me and there was a harry potter advent calendar so i saw that too because i'm sure we get the same (laughs) (laughs) and there were only like four left and it was like 50 bucks or something and i was like hmm is this worth my money (laughs) Yeah, it, it, the movie, I know we're obviously not in that conversation yet, but the I don't think the movie does it justice, and I'll talk a little bit about, more about that later, because in the book, to the degree of what they talk about, between uh, Hagrid bringing in the Christmas trees, and mm-hmm. everything that happens is so wonderful. There are other Christmas-related stories. I immediately think of... Christmas Carol, Dickens, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, and there are several movies adaptions now. There's probably at this point like ten so or fifteen. The Christmas Carol is. I know that I didn't grow up like doing Christmas stuff, yeah. but Christmas Carol is my favorite Christmas story. It's well, I will say maybe my favorite movie, and like of course I love the Harry Potters. They're up in the top ten as one movie because otherwise it's most of the top ten. But my favorite movie I think ever is It's a Wonderful Life. I just absolutely love it. It gives you all the good feels. It makes me cry every year. But yeah, I always end up having to watch at least two or three every year. My parents always say, okay, this year this, these are the ones that we're gonna watch. And it has that Britishness to it too that... We know you, how you love Britishness. I love British things. I mean, it, it just, I don't know, it fits everything for Christmas for me. Although I will say, talking about British things and Charles Dickens, in college I took a Dickens class and it made me absolutely hate Dickens. It almost sounded like I was about to say, maybe hate Dick, and you know sometimes. But uh, one of the books I had to read was Little Dorrit, and this is how thick Little Dorrit was. For everyone listening, my fingers are maybe about three inches apart. At least two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. There ain't nothing little about Little Dorrit, okay? And it was, man, that was a really hard literature course. But A Christmas Carol is wonderful. And I get some of that in, in some of... So obviously, if you couldn't tell by now, Christmas happens in this chapter. But also at the very beginning is something that we've seen in memes all over the place, I'm sure, which is actually quite clever, and it still is worth bringing it up since we all know it. But the twins are throwing snowballs. And they throw them at the back of Quirrell's turban. Which is Voldemort's face. (laughs) Which is lovely and clever. I mean, how fun is that? So still worth a mention, even though we all have heard that before. And then the next thing that we go right into is Malfoy being fucking jealous. Like He's ridiculous. (laughs) It's so funny because it's like he is so butthurt about losing that match. It's now right before the Christmas holidays. You didn't play that match, you little fucker. 
It was so the match was in November, so it was weeks ago. Um, at this point, and he's still going on and on, and he's trying to even make jokes, and they're not landing because Malfoy doesn't have a sense of humor. So then he goes right into, "Yeah, it feels so bad for people who can't go home during Which is the holidays." Such a gross thing. He's yeah, just gross. But truly, like I just think, and this is of of course my perspective. By no means is it Malfoy's, but um, it might be Harry's. Like staying at Hogwarts is the best thing ever. To wake up on Christmas morning in this beautiful, magical castle. Right? How amazing would that be? That would be right? so cool. Also, though, like, is anyone else there besides the Weasleys and Harry? Because they literally mentioned zero other people. Well, yes, because later on, when Filch is like, there's a student out of bed, <laughs> like, it makes me wonder why Snape wasn't like, okay, I have two options. <laughs> you know? Like, there's gotta be a couple it's- others. Fred and George or Terry and Ron. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's true. There's four options. I mean, there's two options in duo. Yeah, yeah. In duo yeah, form. Yeah. Because you know what ain't Percy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what would yeah. you do if it was Percy? Yeah. What is Percy doing at night? What does he get up to do, do you think? Do you think he gets up to do anything? Well, like, if he did... I don't know. It's hard to say. Percy's lame. Percy is something else. <laughs> so, it's there's got to be other students there. Otherwise, like... Snape is smarter than this, I'm, I'm sure. But yeah, so Malfoy is is being a bitch. Uh, here's something that I will say, though, like another anecdote. In college, I was an RA, and I absolutely loved being an RA. And there were even times where going back for holiday was like, oh man, like I don't want to go back. <laughs> Between my junior and senior year especially, I was summer RA, so I didn't even go back for the summer. And it felt like I was at home. I'm a little bit of a worker bee too i suppose so i guess that makes some sort of sense i don't know i feel like the obvious choice here even considering that it's the dursleys and it's malfoy manor and everything the option is to stay at school yeah in my mind also it's a lot of work to go back and forth and it's very clear like what sure malfoy maybe you like to go home for christmas and it's fun or whatever you're not hurting my feelings by being like oh you're not wanted at home I already know that. You're not telling me anything new. Exactly. You know, like, Harry's probably phased zero by this because he's like, who cares? This is the better option for me. It's just something that makes Malfoy feel great because he can stomp on someone and feel superior because he's a dick face. Yeah. Malfoy can't understand, like, where Harry is coming from either. No, he can't. So he doesn't understand how pointless it is for him to even say anything. I guess. Whatever. We... Like I said, we've been new. Malfoy's a dick. We don't like him. Uh, the next thing that I said was just more fucking Christmas. Uh, I love it. I love the description of the Great Hall of Christmas. I think it's lovely. Yeah. I will say I love the beginning of the chapter where they're like, no one liked to go into class because it was cold. Can we not do magic? Can we have the hallways? You need to go <laughs> be like a wizard engineer. <laughs> Except for, I don't know how any of that shit works. I'm just asking the questions. I don't have solutions. I mean, there's So I'm one of those people that I hate who are like, well, can't we do something about that? If you don't have a solution, I don't want to hear it. (laughs) So I'm literally being the person I hate, which is, well, just who I am. I am always the person I hate. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Because I'm a millennial. No, I mean, it's a good (laughs) point. You know what I'm saying? Well, here's the other thing. I get it. It's the wizard world. It's different from the muggle world. But it's also the 90s. And like, I'm sure there have been space heaters. And you know? also wonder, like, I feel like maybe they're running Hogwarts and, like, the professors, they all have their fires in their living quarters or whatever, and they're like, they got fires in their, in their dorms and in their 
common rooms or whatever. This is the charm of Hogwarts. Fucking deal with the fact that it's cold. I don't know. So then they end up going into the library and we meet a new Hogwarts professor, sort of, named Madame Pince, the librarian. She's the librarian. And librarians are awesome. She's a treat. Yes, she's a little bit strict, but she's like, get the fuck out of the restricted section or whatever. This is where they're starting to do their research on Nicholas Flamel, and they're really getting nowhere because, like I had mentioned earlier, they don't have wizard Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi? Oh my god, what if that's what Wi-Fi stands for? Wizard... Fi... <laughs> like I, think, I think you solved it. Y is short for wizard, and Fi is short for... A mystery yeah. word. We're going to ask our sleeping experts, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, to yeah. find that out for us. <laughs> yes, in all <laughs> of the books in Hogwarts, and it's taking them forever. Ron mentioned something here about, like, why don't you ask your muggle parents? And she's like, well, uh, maybe that would be easier because they're dentists or something right. like that. So that'd be safe <laughs> for her dentists. It's one of those other moments where Ron always says these things. Really, Ron? Think about it a little bit. Obviously... She's a muggle-born. Are her parents going to know? No, not at all. The common sense. Yeah, Ron is (laughs) is not filled with common sense. Not at all. Would it be interesting, though, I thought about this, like, what if Nicholas Flamel had some other, like, muggle accomplishments? (laughs) Yeah, what if Nicholas Flamel had all kinds of muggles? Yeah. He could have. Like, he did the Philosopher's Stone, but he also invented weed whackers and soap dishes and sporks. Forks are great. Yes. You know, you never know. Maybe they would be like, oh yeah, they're the that's the guy that invented Novocaine, and we know that because we're dentists. Right. Yeah, this is a very good point. So that's hilarious. So yeah, they're doing their research, and then it's time for everybody to go on holiday, and we learn about wizard's <laughs> chess. Which is exactly the same as regular chess, but the chess pieces are violent. Yes. One thing that I do kind of miss is the that's terribly barbaric line from Hermione. We don't have that. Otherwise, it's... And, of course, in the movie, it's going to be a little bit more exciting to look at the chess chess pieces kicking each other's asses. But that does beg the question, like I said in my summary, what other magical games are there? There's got to be more. Can you imagine, like... Magical Clue? Wizard's Clue? That would be fine. You know what I'm thinking of is like that mousetrap game. Oh my god. That no one ever played because it took six years yeah, to set up. Yeah, the magical part is that it sets itself the fuck up. Right, yeah, <laughs> that is the best. <laughs> we used to have that. We also used to have a game that was similar to both of those, both Clue and Mousetrap, called 13 Dead End Drive. Do you remember this? I never played it, but I know what game you're talking about. Yeah, you set up like this house and it had all these death traps each person was like after the inheritance of the bitch that yeah. died. But then you had to like kill them all off. A very, very family friendly <laughs> game. But it was the same thing. It took forever yeah. to set up. And you're like, fuck this game. No one wants to play it by the time you set yeah. it up. You know? Oh, yeah. Good times. Does kind of make me think of like how there is different versions of Monopoly or Life or Clue is another one where there's yeah. been like Simpsons Monopoly, Simpsons Clue, etc. But. I'm talking, like, actual wizard stuff. Right. Well, I mean, because wizard's chess is literally just live chess, which is fun. So what happens next, then, of course, is they uh, go to bed for Christmas, and it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. And they get all of the gifts. 
Carrie gets presents. Carrie finally gets presents. That's like a big thing here. We have talked about it in the past, like all these other milestones. Like he's finally feeling at home at Hogwarts a couple chapters ago when he started to, to learn Quidditch and everything and more coming into his own. And I feel like uh, another moment is when he was able to ask questions for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's so great. Like, he finally gets Christmas. Sure, he did get Christmas with his parents when he was, like, a five baby. months old as a baby. Gotta not remember that shit. Yeah. You know, I can relate to Harry, you know, the first time I celebrated Christmas. Harry obviously grew up with Christmas in his household. Yeah. But he didn't get to no, enjoy it, you know. Christmas. And the first time that I got to do that was absolutely just a whole different thing. As an older child, my first Christmas celebration was when I was 10. So very close to Harry's age. Mm -hmm. And it was my mom and stepdad got married in June that Christmas. We went to my stepdad's sister's house and my mom was trying to be was trying to respect my grandmother and my grandfather's like religion and all of that. We went and we didn't really know what to expect and she basically told Dale's family like not to get them gifts or you know, like we got little gift cards for like five bucks to McDonald's or something or like chocolate or something and then that everyone got and my aunt Roseanne was my stepdad's oldest sister she wanted to get us something that was different like everyone you know like had gifts from people there was like so and so really likes this and that was their gift and she like just didn't like the idea of that so she bought us each a Disney poster and Tanya's was Mickey and Minnie sitting on the moon holding hands it was like their silhouette super cute and mine was Aladdin I will never forget opening pre a present that was picked out for me that was just like so beautiful to me because like my dad's family celebrates or whatever and they always respected my mom's family by not yeah not sending us presents and like they were trying to be mean to us they literally were like this is this is the lifestyle that they live in this is their religious preference and whatever so my sister and i didn't do that dale's family didn't necessarily not make that choice but i just my aunt roseanne taking this that extra step like this is something i can do for you and hopefully it doesn't push it too far over the line i love when harry gets open presents that are not like a joke yeah you know he opened presents that were a joke growing well, up that they're like here's Here's a brick. Even the 50 pence, you know, like, really, like, how low can you go? His line, that's friendly. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you can see that he is getting more and more like, okay, now I understand. This is not, like, how people are. Like, the jerseys are bullshit, which I really enjoy. It's interesting, the gift-giving, though, too, because when I think of the gift-giving at Christmas, even, it's not a religious thing. Uh -huh. Like, and I was not really brought up religious at all. I feel like even during Christmas when I give gifts to people, it's because we're there to share our love or yeah. our friendship or anything. And I really like that your Aunt Roseanne did that for you. I don't know. It makes you feel a little, like, really warm. And this is a chapter for me that just makes me feel so many things. And it starts when mm -hmm. Harry's opening presents. And just, like, the warmth of opening this gift, these gifts from Mrs. Weasley, who's like, here's some chocolates. <gasps> Mrs. Here's Weasley came out. Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, we just know Molly is a wonderful motherly person. Yes. She's nurturing. She's amazing. However, I almost wonder, too, if, like, she knows from, like, McGonagall or from Dumbledore, hey, this is what this kid's life was like. Like, okay. is this the situation that he's in? I, I can... Uh, I know that Ron is friends with him. I can do my best to... Honestly... Because, I mean, Ron even says, like, I told Mom you didn't expect presents. 
I think that that probably is the catalyst. Yeah. But I feel like the Weasleys are quite a bit older than Lily and James were. Yeah, I thought so too. Because their oldest child was at Hogwarts probably right after Lily and James left Hogwarts. If Mm -hmm. not... In starting his first year. I want to do the math there and figure that out. Yeah. But Bill could have been Hogwarts with Lily and James, maybe like six years separated or right after, like I said. Yeah. I feel like they know about Harry what everyone else knows about Harry. Everyone knows Harry's parents are dead. Yeah. They don't know he has a shitty home life because how would they? You know, they're just like, oh, he's a he's an orphan. They see him at, at King's Cross, and it's like, well, here's a, a confused child. It's probably yeah. not the first time that's happened. Yeah, she doesn't even know Harry at that point. So, like, I don't know that she necessarily, now, after this book, she absolutely is learning more and more, and then in the second, yeah. she finds out that not only was Harry an orphan, but his aunt and uncle are shitty people. Yeah. Like, I don't think she knows that yet. I, I honestly think the catalyst is Ron telling her he doesn't expect things, but I also think that he's probably writing, even if Ron isn't writing her because maybe he's irresponsible, Percy's probably writing her, his mother and she's probably asking Percy. Oh, hey, Harry's in her house. Yeah, how's, like, how's Ron doing? Yeah. And be like, oh, Ron made, made friends with Harry Potter. And she's like, oh, this is Ron's friend. I think that her natural instinct is to do something yeah. for this kid and his background and whatever yeah. is not necessarily the reason why. I think it's him being Ron's friend. And I think that actually makes her more charitable. That makes her, yes, absolutely. It's not like, oh, this is this poor orphan and I have to take care of him. She's like, this is my son's friend and I think that I should do this. And then Ron's like, I told my mom she didn't expect presents. And she's like, yes, I have to do this. Yeah. This is a kid who doesn't, and he's important to my son. Obviously, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think of friends when I was a kid and parents... And they would never do anything like that either. Like, it seems like even out of the scope of, oh, yes, you're my kid's friend and I'll support you in ways of, like, when you come over for dinner, like, yes, we'll give you dinner, sleepovers, things like that. But at the same time, like, Molly is just the best. I, I feel very sentimental in this chapter talking about other people in my life. But as you know, a couple of years ago, my best friend's mother was killed in yeah. a car accident. Um, and it's actually just been two years just now, like this week she was such a molly weasley mm-hmm. and not just for me but for so many people she was also a teacher she was this kind of person and it all started with her daughter's friends you know that's really cool and as far as like how close we were and how much i was given by jetta as far as her love and her care and her attention to the needs of a teenage girl in that time of my life and I know that I was not the only one. She had two other daughters, you know, and and yes, she did that because, you know, I was Emma's best friend, but also because that's just who she is. And she sees this kid and she's like, what can I do to make this easier for her? But she wouldn't see me if I hadn't been her daughter's friend, yeah. you know? So there, there's a connection to me. I see that connection for Molly. This is my son's friend. And also she just happens to be that kind of person. Yeah. You know? I think it shows how rare the Molly Weasleys are up there. I but think how so. essential and necessary they are. It's really, really wonderful. I feel like she gets the best present. I mean, the invisibility cloak is pretty cool. But 
But and like also Harry's just anyway. Yeah. It's not really a present from <laughs> True, true. I feel like she goes above and beyond. She, she knits does. him a sweater. She knits him a sweater. Without has, a letter on it. She for has H. to knit a fuck <laughs> ton of sweaters. Like she has a lot of children she's knitting sweaters for. Probably makes one for her husband. Mm-hmm. Maybe her parents or her and or her in laws. Maybe her neighbors. Maybe she makes them for her muggle neighbors because she's like, gotta keep them happy and warm because I can't put a magical fire over there, you know, in yeah. the hearth or whatever. She would be the person who does that, I would think. She has a lot of sweaters to knit. To be fair, we also saw that she has enchanted knitting, knitting needles she in does. the burrow. So she has some help, but like, hell yeah. And yeah. I mean, it takes a while. Like, I know how to knit and I can knit a scarf. I cannot knit a sweater. I'm sure it's much more difficult. So well, you magic You know my feelings about knitting. Oh, yes. Magic would have helped that situation. <laughs> but I love it because he, you know, Ron says uh, every year she makes us a sweater and mine's always maroon. And Harry says that's really nice of her. Mm-hmm. And, just, and, like, then he, and then he's like, freaking Ron is like, I hate maroon. I know. It's like, you're a Gryffindor. Do you, how do you feel about your house right. color? Because I know maroon is a little bit more deeper and purpley. Maroon is a pretty rough, close. It's not a color that fits for everyone, especially no. redheads. Yeah, so I get it. That's true. That's true. I you can relate. No, but Ron's also just can be a little butthead sometimes. Yes. I, I literally wrote all over my paper, I love Molly Weasley. Yeah, Molly Weasley, she comes through in this moment. Like, it's it's pretty amazing. I know you already mentioned the wizard crackers. I really, like, I would want all of the things. Here's the thing, too. I, I, I think of our, our Christmases when I was growing up, and even to an extent, these days, there's parents, and then there's me. And then there's Travis and Carmen, my one brother and his wife. There's Lucas and Mandy, my one brother and his wife in less than a month from now. There's Natalie and Josh, her boyfriend. And then there, well, now there's my grandma. My grandfather just passed earlier this year. So there was all of us involved in this. And when you, each person buys someone a thing, it ends up being a huge mound of gifts. And my parents still do Santa because... Santa exists. <laughs> he might not exist physically, but he exists. I have a theory the on this. Hearts of believers. Yes, I could go on and on about that, but that's neither here nor there. And then sometimes too, there will be like, here's a gift from mom and dad, or there will be a gift from the pets. So we get this huge mound of stuff. Of course, first of all, that's not even the purpose of Christmas. Even taking like the religion out of it, Christmas is a time for family and showing how much you care about people. And celebrating that, I think. Mm-hmm. And gifts are a way to do that. There's this thing about all of the different love languages and giving, receiving gifts is one of them. <laughs> Essentially what I'm trying to say is that we would always have this this big amount of gifts. And coming out and seeing the Christmas tree with this huge amount was always really fun and cool to see. Harry might not be getting that, but these are still his first gifts, which makes them all the more special. But then when he's opening up these crackers... He is making out. What? He like starts getting this other like little pile. And like at first I was like, it's like stockings. Like yeah. the, I, that's I one of my favorite sto- things. Yeah, like stockings. Yeah, like pulling pulling all these like fun little trinkets and stuff out of stockings. And my previous roommate Marissa and I, we always used to do stockings for one another when we lived <laughs> and cute. things like that. But like this goes even beyond that. Like I'm amazed. Like he gets a whole wizard's chest set, which I feel like Holy shit. Like, right. that's a haul. He gets uh, some live mice. <laughs> like, he, there, there were these other things, yeah. and he just starts putting them away. Like, oh, these are all my... It's really fun. 
this chapter is just very sweet. There's so much magic in it. It's the Christmas magic and the Harry Potter magic. It's double how, Christmas How many magic. times am I going to say it's double Christmas? But it's true. It's like, Christmas. it just adds to it. It makes me think of things like the wizard advent calendar. What would that look like? What comes out of that? You know? <laughs> you can go to Aldi and get, like, your wine advent calendar, but in the wizarding world, right. <laughs> what else could it be, you know? It's really cool. It takes something that is already so fun and beloved and it makes it even more amazing. I <laughs> so, love it. But then even at like Christmas dinner, they talk about all the different foods and those sausages yeah. and that I mentioned. Everything sounds there. delicious. We see that the professors are there too. I love the professors. First of all, Dumbledore puts that bonnet on. I just need photographic. Yeah, picture it didn't yeah. happen. JK. Well, I believe that it happened. I just would like to see it. Yes. <laughs> and then, I of course, Hagrid is getting... version. See if it's in there. And then Hagrid is getting sloshed, and he kisses McGonagall. Yes. Something that struck me during this is none of them go home for Christmas either. Yeah. I, so, like, I like that contrast. We haven't really talked about this too much. I mean, we've talked about that each of them have offices, but then do they also each have, like, rooms? At I Hogwarts? think that they have sleeping quarters. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. So over the summer, do they have, like, a little, like, home that they go back to or something like Maybe that? Hogwarts. Yeah. Or, like, do they have family come to Hogwarts? Or how? why aren't the teachers going home for Christmas? Of course, there has to be some adults when there's still children in the... Right. And if the Weasleys are there, you need all the adults. True. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, like, the ratio between teachers and students now is maybe a little bit more accurate to what it should be. Right. Maybe they rotate and Sprout and Flitwick are out seeing family now. Right. And, like, next year it'll be McGonagall and Dumbledore and Hagrid. Right. Like that. Who knows? I, that's a good point, though. Are you ready to talk about... The Mirror of Erised? Yes. The chapter title? Yeah. So this is where, of course, that night he goes to bed, and going to bed on Christmas is such, like, a cozy thing. Like, after the day. After eating all the foods. Just everything that happens throughout Christmas. Playing with your new presents, seeing your friends and family open the presents you got them. Being a lazy bum all day. (laughs) Well, and some of the, like, traditions that happen only on that day, and... It's, it's a very warm and cozy feeling. My tradition is to be a lazy bum all day. Yeah. My family still just Oftentimes that happens to be it too. <laughs> Trying to drink as much Christmas ale as you possibly can, etc., etc. But of course he keeps thinking about the cloak and that yeah. note. And like to get this mysterious, amazing, like legendary present. Ron even says it, these are pretty rare yeah. and it's good quality and okay how can i use this and i think it's actually really really great that the first place that harry goes is oh i need to research for nicholas flamel right it's an opportunity for me to get into the restricted section he's so hung up on this it's it, great it's pretty cool it's not only like the adventurous thing but it's like this is the first thing that he thinks of I right anything else he makes his way to the library he's in the restricted section that book screams in his face like a rude bitch. Very rude. And then he's got to run and hide from Vilch. And then he finds the mirror. Fancy ass Yes. When I was reading this, at first I looked at the inscription and I was like, oh, it doesn't mean anything backwards. But then it was broken up in a weird way. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, wait, these are actual words. I was going to make a joke about that in my summary, but I was like, wait, no, that joke doesn't, doesn't work. Busby, may I help you? 
Oh, was it not close enough to your face so that you could eat out of it? You couldn't You had to move it two inches, you lazy piece of shit. <laughs> Busby, you are my spirit animal. My cat was just making noises, scooting his food dish. Now he's like, nope, this is fine. I can eat out of it. Anyways. So yeah, I didn't even think that the inscription meant anything, but the whole thing really is backwards. And of course, Erised's desire backwards. So he goes up to the mirror and he sees a whole bunch of people. It's not just his parents. It's his entire family. And it just shows, it's not just that he wishes that he had his mom and dad, but he wishes that he actually had a true family. You always hear it's not the family that you're born with. You can always create your own family and you find your people and things like that. So yes, he feels like he has a home, but it almost makes me wonder, like, throughout the series, if he were to look back into the mirror of Erised, would he see something different? Maybe later, maybe it's just his parents, because he feels like he has a family. I agree like with that. that. I you mean, know? I think those other people that he sees at this moment might be there too. This family he's created, I think, would be there too. This is like an emotional roller coaster this yeah. chapter because it starts in such a fun place yeah like, oh god i love this christmas this is really very sad stuff this is a child who hasn't known his parents and he looks in the mirror and he sees them it's very interesting because i really love that he looks in the mirror and he, the first person he focuses on it is a woman standing right behind him mm -hmm. and again it's another focus on lily first before james and the paragraph says she was a very pretty woman she had dark red hair and her eyes her eyes were just like mine mm -hmm. harry thought edging a little closer to the glass. Bright green, exactly the same shape. But then he noticed that she was crying. Ah. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, it's just sad to think about the fact that he'd never even seen photos of his parents. Yeah, like, that's a really good point that I hadn't thought of. And he's like, this woman's, this is my mom. Yeah. This is what my mom looks like. And I know that people are always like, oh, you look like your dad, Harry, or whatever. And like, fine. But his mom was Aunt Petunia's sister. Yeah. He's never seen what she looks like. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, it's it's kind of unbelievable and gives like another layer to the Dursleys. Because they took him in mm -hmm. and they didn't hide from him that they aren't his parents. You know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, your parents are dead. Well, that can't I see what that what they look like? Like <sighs> It makes oh. me think about why this is in here. And I had to get kind of through it because Okay, sure, there is the mechanism near the end where the Mirror of Erised comes into play yes. in defeating <clears throat> the villain of this book. But, like, why bring it up at this moment? What purpose does it have in the narrative? Why this mirror? Why couldn't it have been some other way for him to achieve what he does in those final chapters? And I think it's bringing it back down to the root of everything in the story. Yes, we're in this really high place. It's Christmas. It's wonderful. Everything is really, really nice. And I mean, even with like this mysterious letter that's with the cloak, uh -huh. it adds an element of mystery. And some of it is, I think, remembering where Harry comes from. He's feeling more comfortable and he's feeling more at home and things are a lot better. But not forgetting, oh, hey, Harry's parents are in this story and this is important too. 
I think of some of the last things that Dumbledore says regarding why he was able to defeat the villain. And I do not want to say it because it's a big spoiler, I think, that we will definitely get right. to. Well, and that word that Dumbledore says is like a theme throughout the books. And of course, if you've read the books, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But I think it, it's a nice thing to save for the end. And especially like around Christmas where so much of the tradition and everything is about that. I think this is a nice place to bring it up. The thing is, this whole chapter is about family. Mm-hmm. Like the... Harry gets the invisibility cloak that was his father's. Harry gets his first Christmas presents from this family that is going mm-hmm. to become his. You know, Harry spends his first Christmas at Hogwarts, which it feels like home. And then he uses this invisibility cloak and on that route he finds the mirror and he sees his family and he then he wants to take Ron and he wants to share that with Ron. It's Christmas. Like Christmas is Christmas like you is about said. family. Is about mm-hmm. family, created or otherwise. Like, that's what the heart of this chapter is. And yeah. it's really just quite lovely. The root of it is family. I think the root of it is um, love. This is kind of a weird departure from this, but what it made me think of is, like, on Valentine's Day, if I were to look into the mirror of Erised, I would want to see love. And here he is on Christmas looking into the mirror of Erised and seeing family. It's that same sort of thing, if I had to make... Mm-hmm make a comparison. So yeah, that makes a little bit more sense in, in bringing in the mirror here. I also just like the mirror of Harrisad. It adds for this emotional moment and it's touching. Yeah. It's a fun little thing. This book has so much more whimsy in it than the others and that mm-hmm. mirror's part of it. Oh, I feel like I have said this in every single episode, but magical objects. And here we are, another magical object. You know, it's the same thing as Wizard's Chess and any of the other magical things that we've come across. And establishing those things now is really nice because when we get further into the books, it's not going to be as easy to introduce something else new. It's when it does happen, I think it's more of like, well, of course, because now we know so much about this world. I want to talk about Ron's experience. First of all, I know he's 11. Ron is very tactless. I find his experience with the mirror itself to be an interesting like showcase of what he's about. I really respect him for that because that has to be hard. But when he says that to Harry, do you think this mirror shows the future? Get out of your head this moment that you were focused on yourself because it's a very self-centered space, uh-huh. which is fine because that's what the mirror, like... It's a mirror. It, it's a, Yeah, it's a mirror. But get out of your head because think about what you just said. Honestly, every time I read this, I'm a little upset that Harry is not like, um, no, my parents are dead. Like, he's very much like, how can it? Because my parents are dead. And it's just, it, it's more sad on his end. But for mm-hmm. Ron, he's from a huge family. I feel like he should be able to read people a little better. Yeah. So he should be able to be more tactful. Yeah. This is this is not a skill that he develops ever, really. <laughs> but I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. There's a couple things that came to mind. The first is Dumbledore says it later. He comes from this family where he's not alone. Yeah. And this ri- makes him rise to the top. And yeah. So maybe it does show a little bit of his like insecurities and that like I'm not good enough, etc. Like he I said, sees doesn't like that. I'm like that is not the part. This is the yeah. part that he's like. Like he does say it in a very tactless way, and I mean, it's because he's not thinking. He's not thinking. Like I said earlier in this episode too, he he doesn't have a lot of common sense. 
he doesn't think about it. And I think Harry's response and not being more like irritated or put off by this. Harry, we have seen become a little bit more like sassy pants. And we always love when he yeah. shows that part of himself. Pants, Harry. But he is still just a good kid. Yeah, I really think he is. He still has this sort of like innocence about him and not knowing completely how the world works as an 11-year-old should know how the world works. Yeah. Because of, you know, his, his shelteredness. So, I mean, in the same way, Ron is... Th- not th- th- he doesn't think when he no. says it. That's why I also said that in my summary that the mirror of vanity is felt backwards. Mm-hmm. If you were to look in the mirror of said, what do you think you would see? I have no idea. Probably me with lots of cats. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That is amazing. I it's because I immediately thought like the of one yourself with lots of cats. No, because oh. I already have that. So <laughs> no, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, that's like a really Dumbledore. You know, I I, I have no idea. A clear path on what to do with my life. That's yeah. what I would see if I lived in there. <laughs> well, something I'd like... probably be go to nursing school, and then my friends would be like, "Hi, I told you," and I'd be like, "You're wrong." Oh, here. that would be cool. I could see that for you. Yeah. I like that. You're wrong, Mir. And there's people. a lot of cats. And there's cats. And bacon. Because where's the mirror of bacon? Don't know. The mirror of Nakob. I practice gratitude every day. I'm sure I've said something about meditation yeah. and like how I start every day, except I did not today for whatever reason. Probably because it's the weekend. So after this, I'm going to have to meditate. Along with that comes intention setting and gratitude. For intention setting, it's always like, okay, my intention for the day is to X, Y, Z. And a lot of times for me, it's going through the day with an open mind or trying to be grounded and aware so that I'm not overthinking or go with an open heart and interact with people in the most generous way possible. So what that means is when you're interacting with somebody, even though they may be giving off um, a vibe that is not as nice you are being generous and saying okay maybe they're just having a bad day or maybe they're reacting this way whatever so within gratitude always being happy with your own things and sometimes it's okay i have a job that i really enjoy i have a house i have a career i have friends i have other experiences it could even be just like it's a beautiful day today i'm very grateful for my health i'm grateful for my cats i'm grateful for this pair of shoes like it doesn't really matter it's finding the gratitude in life so the areas where i then find that there's something missing sometimes is what i tend to focus on on the opposite side of that and sometimes it's finding love and whatnot i've been single now for about five years i imagine that is probably what i would see in the mirror yeah or something that i often struggle with is uh a sense of community or something so similar to what harry i suppose is experiencing in his mirror of era said but sometimes that's just you know looking at perspective yeah. you know i do have a community around me that is wonderful and and loving and open and sometimes it's just okay opening your eyes and realizing that it's there yeah. you know <laughs> so i think that's probably what i would see that was a very long answer to that question but of course dumbledore looks into the mirror and sees that he uh, pair of woolen socks okay so i i actually have a comment on that so first before i make that comment i'm going to actually answer the question and i would definitely see myself getting to travel the world Mm. um really i think that that's probably the thing in my life that i need 
to discover where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, that's I, a great But making answer. that kind of thing happen is, you know, a whole different thing. But anyway, I wanted to comment on Dumbledore and the socks thing. So every time I read this, I'm always like, oh, that's a dumb answer. And obviously it's, it's a, a cop out. Yeah. And, and like Harry's, Harry thinks at the end of the chapter, well, maybe that's like. It's a personal, personal question. question. Yeah. This is my thought on that, though. I wonder if Harry wishes that his deepest desire was something like that. Something so basic and so simple with how complicated his life is. And so much of that is well beyond chapter 12 of Sorcerer's Stone. In the Crimes of Grindelwald movie, you learn what Dumbledore sees when he looks in the mirror of Arisette. Mm-hmm. And not only is it a, a very, very personal thing, it's not an easy thing to live with in that time because of what that means in that relationship yeah. and, and all of that. Wouldn't it be great to just want, you know, Ron even makes this comment in one of the chapters later. He's like, oh, I wonder what it's like to have a peaceful life, which is so fucking stupid of Ron to say. <laughs> You're an 11-year-old boy. Like, but think about, like, the idea of something normal, of something basic and easy. Yeah, like, of course. So this time reading it, I thought maybe Dumbledore really does look in the mirror and sees himself with this basic, simple, boring thing because that's that's his actual deepest desire is something as basic as that. To just feel not weighed down by his responsibilities of being the most powerful wizard in the world, being the headmaster, having this very, very dark and troubled past that we learn several books from now, being Dumbledore. The Dumbledore can look in the mirror and and see Dumbledore not having to be Dumbledore. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I believe that it is a cop-out, but I wonder if he doesn't have that moment where he he doesn't really want to look in the mirror because he knows what he's going to see. So he thinks about what he'd love to see, something so basic and simple. You're right that we do see it in Crimes of Grindelwald, but I think of Ariana too. And like, at some point throughout life if that's what he saw in the mirror at the same time the perspective that harry has with his parents and how he is brought up and everything seeing that in the mirror makes a little bit more sense instead of dumbledore seeing like ariana where he might understand okay that is that is something that i've come to terms with or something and i mean and we even know there that he he feel has some feelings towards all of that i love your answer though I think that that is a really, really cool way of looking at it that I do not think that a lot of people see, and it makes complete sense. I don't know that I'm right. It's just a thought that I've had. I love it. It's a great thought, and I think there could very well be some truth in there. You know, there there are times when you're in a situation, you wish you were dealt a different deck of cards. Yeah that could be what this means, and I think it makes sense for him, so it's really cool. I like that interpretation a lot. Thanks. Are you ready to go into the movie? Sure. All right. So the two big things that pop out to me as being majorly different is Christmas is not as cool in the movie. No. (laughs) Like, it's a shame because how cool would they have made, like, the poppers and things like that? That would have been so cool. cool. I mean, it's still pretty great. Like, they even mentioned, like, Flitwick raising the ornaments yeah, you and see it in the movie. yeah of course you see Hagrid dragging in the trees they do a pretty damn good job with yeah, some of that it's a pretty magical Hogwarts Christmas yeah. in the movie but they, man they could have gotten so much more they really again could have length of course 
I get it. I would have really loved to see the the feast and the interactions of the professors. I also just would have liked to see like more students there. I think that the answering that question yeah. would have been nice. Then the other big notable difference for me is the fact that in the movie he just sees his parents in the mirror. Yeah. I do kind of like that it's an entire family. I think it adds a little bit more to it. And to your point earlier about Christmas being about family, it would have been cool to see that parallel. Yeah, because it's also like I feel like Christmas is like an extended family thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people that I celebrate Christmas with, and it's not just my parents. So yeah, those were the two main things. But I had even written down, like, the mirror part itself is pretty dead on, I feel like, other than that. I think it really is. The part where he's going through the castle to the library, and Mm -hmm. the part with the book, and, like, there's nothing missing that you need. I would have maybe liked to meet Madame Pince. I don't I'm think good. we ever actually meet her. Librarians are awesome, so that's why I'm like... I'm, librarians are often awesome. Madam Pence is not. We don't know that. She's a lot. We don't see as much. I'm sure there's a lot that goes into her job, and she's just doing her doing her job. Yeah, but. that's nice of you to stick up for her. <laughs> I like Madam Pence. She's I would have like, liked to see more. You're standing near the restricted section. Get the fuck out of the library. <laughs> she and Snape are like BFFs, I'm sure. A little close. Hey, no. Snape is like, I make up library rules. She's like, that's fine. I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> She's like, good. You'll keep my books from being damaged by being out in the grass or something. <laughs> oh I don't gosh. care if the students study. Also they magic, study, girl. Like, right? They have to study on stage on like hard benches no sitting outside in the grass enjoying the weather what's the the magic grass stain reducing charm you need to learn that Adam Fence. yeah she probably has I don't know I, I think I would have liked to see a little bit of that sure also like the library is great so. the library is beautiful of course this is a long chapter that a lot happens in. It's So many things happened in this chapter. It's kind of amazing how close this is. I mean, even to this point already, we are really close. There's five more chapters in this book. There's still so much that's going to happen. There's still so much that's going to happen. But, I mean, in the book-to-movie comparison, a lot of the changes really were almost like... Either very, very minimal that you you know is because of time and needing to be brief to fit into a movie. Or a lot of them were a result of Peeves not being here. Yeah, like, that's fine. Fuck yeah, that. exactly. The whole midnight duel thing. Just, there's just a yeah, lot of things missing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty impressed, honestly. Like the way that they've done it. This one, good chapter. Do you miss anything else? Or do you think, I don't know. I don't really notable? miss anything. Anything else notable? There's no Malfoy being a dick at the beginning of the chapter. Well, oh, that's true. Well, there is probably. We just don't see it. Right. We can always assume that he's being a dick. <laughs> All right. You ready to hear my points? Yeah, so who are you assigning points to? Today? 100 points goes to Christmas. What about double Christmas? Same thing. Well, if okay, points. fine. 200 points goes to Christmas because yeah. it's double the points. I'm also going to give 20 to Dumbledore, because I like his little spiel at the end, and I like him putting on that bonnet. Right. I also like his little, like, I don't need a clip to become invisible. Yeah. Um, also, I've been watching it the past three days. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> but that's all. Lowest amount of points ever. Okay. 200 to Christmas, 20 to Dumbledore. And no one's losing points today. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to give 20 more to Molly Weasley. Okay. She definitely deserves some. 
Nobody, nobody loses points this time. Nice. I mean, I could have probably taken some away from Ron for t- being a vain bitch or Malfoy in the beginning, but it's Christmas. That's so 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 charitable of you. Yes. Twenty to Dumby, twenty to Molly, two hundred to Christmas. I like it. Good job, Christmas. Yay, Christmas! Happy Christmas. I hope your winner in the next episode is Christmas. You'll just have to wait. <laughs> To know. I like this because uh, it's a little bit more of a surprise. It's yes. Like, who's she gonna choose? You know, there's so many options. You know me. I'm gonna <laughs> blow your mind. That wraps it up for tonight, yeah, guys. Finally. Long- <laughs> Next time we're gonna be reading chapter 13, which Nicholas is Flamel. So until then, enjoy re-listening to us over and over again on That's- your favorite podcasting app because we're your favorites that's right don't listen to anybody else just basic snitches all day every day good night merry christmas basic snitches is produced and recorded by adam bowers and tara corkery edited by adam bowers and published by tara corkery via podbean and is now available for download wherever you listen to podcasts. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to our podcast, and we hope you enjoyed us. If you enjoyed us, please be sure to rate us five stars and leave us a review on your listening app of choice. And if you didn't enjoy us, then I'm sorry you're so angry. Please also connect with us. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Basic Snitches, or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. We're excited to get more messages from our fans and want to hear your perspectives and answers to questions we ask in the podcast. Catch you later, snitches!